0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. This is part three of a four-part series covering the 101 best public speaking tips that you'll ever find. Uh, we're going to zoom through another 25 or so today. And by the way, just make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And also make sure to leave a comment or a review uh, wherever you download the podcast. Also, don't forget about our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash online. That's all one word without any punctuation. Just Or you can just search for Fearless Presentations on YouTube. You can find it. The episode is sponsored by fearlesspresentations.com. So if you're looking for the fastest, easiest way To reduce public speaking fear and become a more persuasive speaker, Uh, we've got two-day public speaking classes coming up in cities like Dallas, Atlanta, Columbus, Miami, Charlotte, Philadelphia, Houston, and Phoenix, and we also have another virtual class scheduled in just the next couple of weeks. So for details about any of those classes or to find out when a class is going to be scheduled in your area, just go to fearlesspresentations.com. All right, so let's get on with today's episode. (laughs) So in this episode, I'm going to continue our series of 101 public speaking tips. Um, these These are things that you can use as a roadmap to improve your presentation skills. And I've got to go through them just because there's so many of them. I've got to go through them at lightning speed. But if you want more information about any of the tips that, that you hear um, or if you want to just see them all visually, just click the link in the show notes. Uh, in the show notes, uh, basically, that the, we've created a blog post that has all 101 tips on it, and it's also got additional reading for, each, for, for quite a few of these anyway. Not every single one, but if, there, if you want to delve in and find out more details about some of the tips, you can just kind of go to the, uh, the, the show notes. So last week I ended with tip number 50, which was to add in at least one impact idea. Once you've kind of created that outline, um, the tips this week will begin with three additional ways to organize a better speech. And then we're going to get into um, a a list of some of my best PowerPoint tips as well, as well as places that you can actually go to practice your speech with that Kind of takes the pressure off of you a little bit. So let's start with fifty-one. Tip number fifty-one is to take a break. I should have ended last week with this one. I didn't look that far ahead. I should have because this is a, this would have been a good one to end on last week. Uh, if you've got too much content to fit into, you know, five or fewer key points, which is what I was, was recommending a couple of weeks ago, you might want to consider taking a break in the middle of the the pre- presentation to make it more digestible. Uh, it's it's a whole lot easier for folks to comprehend the content if you break it into bite-sized pieces. And so inserting a break at the right time can be very, very helpful. Tip number 52 is to use your impact ideas, some of those things that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, to alter the time of your presentation. So if you're if you're short on time, you know if you're running long, sometimes that happens, it's easy to shorten up or cut a story or cut an analogy just a little bit, just cut some of the details out. You don't have to eliminate it entirely, but you can shorten it up Um, You can do that rather than kind of zooming through the presentation, which is what a lot of people do. So just give more details in your story if you need to lengthen the amount of time or shorten out, shorten a few of the details, and it helps you fit the time frame a whole lot better. In fact, if you kind of do this specific tip, you can make your presentation hit the, the time frame that you've been allotted Exactly. And it's such an elite skill. Most people can't do that. They have to kind of prepare a certain amount of time worth of speech and then practice it over and over again so that they can hit that time frame. You don't have to do that if you're following these tips, though. Tip number 53 is what happens if you absolutely have to give a 10-point talk or a 20-point presentation? That kind of goes against one of the tips that we gave earlier, But if you have to give a content heavy presentation, obviously you can, but you want to manage your expectations. Your audience isn't likely to retain a lot of the content. So in those situations, you're probably going to want to leave a follow up handout, something that they can take away with them or some other type of takeaway that will help reinforce the the content for your, your audience members. So the next few tips that I give are going to be PowerPoint tips. This is one of the things that we get asked about most often when folks are coming through our presentation classes. Uh, How do you give a really good PowerPoint presentation or give a PowerPoint, or what are some tips for for, um, delivering PowerPoint presentations much better? So these are some of my best tips. So tip number 54 is to design your presentation first then add in your visual aids. So basically create your speech or create your outline before you start working on the slideshow. Most presenters do the exact opposite. They start with their slideshow, and then later they try to come up with words to explain the bullet points that they've written. So instead, it's a better idea to start with the presentation and then look for visual aids that will help you clarify your points. Just a whole lot easier if you do it that way. Tip number 55 is to use fewer slides. So An excellent way to do this is to practice your presentation a few times without any visual aids whatsoever and then get really good at the delivery and then go back and add in only the visual aids that are going to help you explain the points that you're covering better. Tip number 56 is close to tip number 55 but a little bit different. The, the tip is less is more. So the fewer slides that you have and the less content that you have on each of those slides, the more impact that your words will have on your on your audience. Uh, a good way to make that happen is tip number 57, which is a, it's a rule of thumb that we call six by six. So its it's a good rule to have no more than six words on each line and then no more than six lines on each PowerPoint slide. That way, everybody in the room is going to be able to read your slide and your content, the, the content that you have written on it, much more easily. Tip number 58 is avoid overuse of animation. So the spinning bullet points with the sound effects there, a lot of times those are just a distraction from your content. So avoid frivolous animation. Now, obviously, if the animation that you have is something that helps you get your point across more effectively, then by all means use it. But the zoom, zoom, zoom and stuff like that for the, 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 the bullet points is usually just a distraction. Tip number 59, though, is to use appropriate animation to clarify your points. So if you can use your animation that adds showmanship and clarifies your points, then by all means, do so. Uh, I had a client that had their animation team create a 3D animation of the terrain where they would be building in addition to an army base. And it showed everything from the blacktops being poured to the final buildings being erected and rising on the horizon to the military tanks being rolled over the gate into the gates and and onto the blacktop and that kind of thing. It was an impressive piece of proof that the company was able to 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 use so that um, the the buyers, the folks who were. Purchasing this expansion could see exactly that they understood the concepts, or they understood what um, what the the client was really looking for. Tip number sixty is is about charts and graphs. Um, a lot of times, charts and graphs are usually best suited for handouts, not for visual aids in your PowerPoint slide decks. Charts and graphs, a, a lot of times, they're really hard to read and they're hard to follow on a slide. So it's a whole lot more effective in most situations, anyway, to make a handout and then put them on, or if you if you if a handout's not appropriate, you can put them on a big board or, or something like that to where it's a little bit easier for the audience to to see and follow along with where you're going with it. Tip number 61 is you want to avoid using pictures just for decoration. So if you're using a picture or a series of pictures just for decorations. Make the, direct, the, the decoration the same on every slide or make it kind of subtle. You know, a, a single picture in the corner of the slide is usually enough. You don't have to, to make the, um, the uh, slide very elaborate. If, you're, if your decorative picture changes, a lot of times your audience will kind of wonder what it has to do with the content of your slide. So now, by the way, this doesn't mean don't use images or don't use photos or pictures to clarify your, your thoughts or clarify what you're covering. This is just the decorative part. This is just to make a lot of times folks will put pretty pictures in uh, on their slides to make them look more effective or look better. And, um, and if, and if uh, the, the pictures are, changing, but they don't correspond with the words that you're saying, that's going to cause some confusion. So tip number 62, though, is using pictures for clarities. If a picture actually helps you add clarity to your bullet point, then by all means, add it in. But if it's just being used to make the slide prettier, pretty much leave it out. 63 is to consider boards instead of slides. So instead of putting a picture or a chart on a slide, consider getting a a board or a poster made. It's going to have a a much longer longevity. The the thing about a PowerPoint slideshow is that once you kind of click the next button and that slide disappears, it's gone. Whereas if it's a board, it's still sitting up in front of the room. And so it can add clarity for a longer period of time. Tip number 64 is the PowerPoint slide colors. Um, One of the things that we've kind of found is that a dark background with light text typically is more eye appealing. It's not always the case, but for the most part, if you have a darker background and you have white or lighter text, it typically is easier for the audience to, to see. Uh, tip number 65 is you wanna use simple fonts. So Times New Roman or Arial, a lot of times are good choices for for PowerPoint fonts. You don't wanna make the font so elaborate that it gets hard hard to read or, or more challenging for the audience to, to um, identify what you're trying to say. Tip number 66 is that when you create these slides, you do want to use bullets. (laughs) So um, result-oriented, well-developed bullet points are essential when you design and and organize your presentation, but um, that's during the design part. So some of the earlier tips that I've given you about creating elaborate bullet points, when you're actually creating your visual aid, you might shorten that up a little so that it's easier for your audience to, to identify uh, the um, the content that you're trying to get across to them. Tip number 67 is to reveal your bullet points one at a time. So um, now, by the way, just so you guys know, this is a really outdated, this is a really outdated tip. Um, this comes from the old days when, back in the day when we had uh, overhead projectors and we would, re- w- w- what teachers would do back in the day is they would kind of cover up their bullet points and then reveal them one at a time with a piece of paper. They'd cover up the, the, the um, overhead projector slide with um, with a piece of paper and and then reveal them that way, the audience could read ahead and, and that kind of thing. If you're designing a three-point presentation, a four-point presentation, five-point presentation, you don't necessarily have to do this, but because people have been trained to do this for 10, 15, 20 years, 30 years in some cases, they kind of expect it. So you might as well do it. It's not, It doesn't harm your delivery uh, and, and it might actually add some clarity to what you're saying as well. So tip number sixty eight is um, is to point to the bullet points when you reference them. So when you're using your visual aid, unlike the olden days when you had the piece of paper and you were doing a um, an overhead projector, now you can actually walk up to the slide. You can walk up to the screen and kind of point to it with your with your finger to let people know that you've gone to a new a new bullet point. This makes it easier for people to understand exactly which bullet point that you're covering and when you've changed to talk about a different topic or a different subject within your presentation. And then tip number 69 is you want when you're delivering one of these presentations you want to stand up. The person who stands and speaks carries authority. So you're going to have more energy by the way when you when you do it when you deliver your presentation this way. Tip number 70 is to practice with your slides. So after you've practiced without your slides and gotten really really good at the delivery, Then you want to add your slides and then practice in front of a group of people. You'll typically do a whole lot better. Um, You you don't want the first time you've you've actually used your slides to be in front of your live audience. You want to at least practice that once or twice um, um, in in a practice session. That way, it's going to be a little bit easier. Tip number 71 is you want to avoid the old read, click, read, click, read, click, read, click. If you design um, and practice your presentation based on the tips that I've given you here, you're probably not going to do this anyway. But if you find yourself kind of reading and then clicking to stop, you're going to be really, really boring to the audience. Slip into a story, an example, something that's going to be a little bit more interesting, and and the audience is going to like it a whole lot more. And then the last PowerPoint tip is number 72. You want to design your own slideshow. By the way, this tip is very important. I saved this one for last because it is the most critical, most important of all the PowerPoint tips that I give you. Um, If somebody else designed your PowerPoint slideshow or slide deck for you, it's gonna increase the complexity tenfold. I mean, it will make it much, much, much more difficult. So I would encourage you to create your own slide deck and then once you create the slide deck, if you want to look prettier, you can send it to marketing or, or whatever to, to make the slide deck look prettier, uh, but make sure that you're using your own words, not somebody else's words. Okay, so the last few that I'm going to cover here, and in fact, I've got quite a few of these. These are places that you can go to practice delivering your presentation. These are These are audiences that are constantly looking for speakers to come and present to them, and a lot of times, it's a fairly low risk. You know, because if 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 you kind of flub the speech, it's not going to it's not going to be a huge, huge, huge deal. I mean, they're going to be small groups. A lot of times they're going to be friendly groups. And, um, and, and they are aware that if you're practicing there, you're probably not a professional speaker, right? So it's a little bit um, um, less risky to kind of practice in front of these. And I'm going to list these in order of kind of least lucrative to most lucrative. So I'll give you like three today, and then we'll finish up next week with some more lucrative kind of places. So The first one, number 73, tip number 73, is you can practice your speeches at social clubs. These would be clubs like, um, or service clubs, right? I'm saying social, but basically service social kind of clubs. So like Rotary Clubs, Kiwanis, JC's, Lions Clubs, those those kind of organizations, they are a great place to practice delivering your speeches because most of these organizations have a weekly meeting that requires a guest speaker. Typically, the time limit is like 15, 20 minutes or something like that. So it's a really quick, easy presentation. And that means that if they're doing this every week, that every one of these clubs has 52 opportunities every year for a slot. So they're fairly easy to to, um, get a a chance to kind of practice in front of. Uh, Tip number 74 is another place that you can practice is chambers of commerce. So chambers often have committees where officers lead meetings and and as a result, they give presentations. So you can run for office at, at, at a chamber. Um, uh, most people avoid these positions like the plague, by the way, because they 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 want they don't want to have to speak in front of their, their peers. So those types of things or positions are ways that you can get a lot of practice in a very short period of time. Okay, so the last one I'm gonna cover this week is number 75, which is the library, city libraries or city recreation centers. A lot of times, these these locations often have scheduled seminars and workshops that are really easy to get speaking engagements in, as long as the topic is marketable to the the group, um, and as long as you're willing to work cheap <laughs> because you're not going to get paid a lot to do it. But you know, a lot of times you can get like like for instance, um, um, uh, like financial planners. You know, sometimes a financial planner will get you know charge twenty bucks to do. Um, you know, how to, how to um, organize your, your retirement or something like that for a couple hours, you know, from six to eight or something like that in the evening. And you can get, it will be promoted to the, the people who are members of that recreation center. And it makes it really easy. You might make a few bucks, but for the most part, it's just for kind of practice. All right. So Next week, I'm going to give you 12 additional places. So those are the first three. Uh, and like I said, you, at, least, at least at the rec center, you're making a little bit. Um, I'm going to show you next week, though, 12 additional places that you can practice where you can actually generate some income from the practice. So the more of these things that you do, the better you get, the more likely you are to actually use your public speaking as a way to generate income. And then we're going to finish off the, uh, the last of the 101 tips. Um, with with a lot of the the tips that we just haven't got a chance to cover yet. So I'll see you next week on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Bye-bye. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.